America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. Let that muted trumpet play. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Gerald Borgay. That's Espo. And tonight, the Phoenix Suns defeat the Brooklyn Nets. 116 to 112. And our guy, D-Book, was back in action. And for his first game back, I'm happy with his performance. I just realized that's not the that's not the that's sax. Not the sax. <laughs> Close. Listen, uh, I don't know what no, music yeah, y'all look. use. It says Suns Win 2022, so I used it. Look, look uh, still good music. Good music. Yeah, you're right. A great, uh, great game by Book coming back. I mean, we didn't we didn't expect the world from him, but we came out and uh, thinking that he might have one of those typical Armani Booker kind of nights uh, where he came out hot quick, but. Uh, well, good to have him back. Technically, he did come out hot quick. He knocked down the first three-point bucket of the game, also the very first bucket of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm aware. <laughs> you I'm should know aware, that. Of all people who knew that, you should I'm be here. But look, uh, 19 points, six assists, four rebounds. Yeah, I'll take that after. Uh, yeah, in 25 minutes? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. He hit three of his first four shots. He went three of 11 the rest of the way. Um, he was great in that first quarter. It's just kind of getting your sea legs back a little bit and sustaining it. Over the course of a full game, we saw him miss those two free throws late, which I'm sure he's not going to be happy about even mm-hmm. in his first game back. Uh, but this was encouraging, especially the way that we got to see DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges play, even with Devin Booker back. Um, obviously, this is not the book we're going to be seeing on a night-to-night basis, but those two other guys picked up the slack, and that's exactly what we were hoping to see with Booker back in the lineup. Devin's shooting tonight obviously wasn't ideal. Six of 15 from the field, two of eight from deep. Mm. But that'll get better with time. You got to give him a minute to Mm -hmm. find, like you said, to find his legs again, get his rhythm back. That'll come with time. But again, still, to me, a solid performance. Let's be honest. It wasn't a good shooting night in general outside of DeAndre Ayton. This was a rough night from the field. They only shot 46%, and that's including Ayton's 14 of 18. Mm -hmm. And they only shot 29%. From beyond the arc. So this was not a great shooting performance by this team. This was not this offense at its best, but they still found a way uh, to scratch claw and get that 116-112 win tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was it was a great performance from Aiden. Like he has been, this is what the third or the fourth game in a row where he's looked really good mm-hmm. on both ends of the floor, fourth now. Um, even if you're including like that Hawks win, obviously that was a horrible game for the Suns, but he was still pretty good in that game. Um, this is exactly the Aiton that we've been waiting to see. And maybe it was the ankle not being fully healthy and the coming back from illness, that whole thing. But he's looked fantastic in the last couple of games, back to back 30 point games for him, back to back 15 rebound games for him. Um, and the Suns have won three straight and now are fifth in the conference. So this is really promising stuff, and now Booker's back. There's going to be an adjustment process for everybody, but it's encouraging to see that like his confidence, Mikhail's confidence, they were not hurt at all by Booker being back out there. Yeah, full four games over 500, like you said, in sole possession of fifth place and only half a game back of the Clippers for fourth. So I believe the Clippers play tomorrow. If they lose tomorrow, the Suns will then be tied mm-hmm. for fourth at that point. So... 
everything is setting up the way they needed it to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Devin Booker's back. New ownership has taken over. Uh, Mikhail DA, Cam Johnson all playing well. Is the run about to happen? Is mm. this where we see this team? We're in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this where we see this team uh, pronounce itself as one of the best in the West again and a true threat to win a title? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it depends on what happens in the next 36 hours. Yeah, and I do think they've already won 9 of 11 games recently. Like, it's already happening. It's already in progress. They've got a tough back-to-back to close out this road trip that they've started off 3-0 on. They've got... Atlanta on Thursday, who embarrassed them last week, and then Pacers on the second night of a back-to-back. Those are both obviously after the trade deadline, so we'll see what the roster looks like by then. But they are really starting to come together, and this is exactly what we wanted to see because we've been waiting to see this preferred starting five back on the court together. We've been waiting to see what the rotations are going to look like with a fully healthy roster. We're still not even there yet with campaign out, but uh, yeah, this is really promising stuff. How did you guys feel about Mikel and Book playing together tonight? Obviously, that was one of the big topics coming in. When Book comes back, will we still continue to see an aggressive Mikel? Will we still continue to see him put up the type of numbers we got we have gotten from him over the last week or so? How have you guys how do you guys kind of feel about tonight's game? Obviously, there's a learning curve and it'll get yeah. better. But overall, I felt Mikhail was very aggressive. We saw him go to the hoop strong, do the things. One place that he took a setback was an assist. But when, you know, Chris Paul has 12 and Devin Booker has six, I mean, you're going to see that, see that dip a bit. But the team overall didn't have that drop. They had 31 total assists. So I'm okay with that. But he was aggressive offensively, had the eight rebounds. Uh, one thing we did see, he got to the free throw line a little bit less. Only three attempts where we were seeing him get there more but again going to be an adjustment going to be a figuring out period but I was very happy with Mikhail didn't defer which was what I was afraid was going to happen was he was just going to defer uh, constantly because Book was back he did not do that tonight yeah and and there was that one play where he was trying to get the ball to Booker on the elbow and his man was draped all over him and so Booker does what he does really well and uses that defensive attention to kind of set a double screen using his defender and himself. Mikhail dribbled right around it. He got to the rack. I think he might have scored that bucket and gotten an and yeah. one or gotten to the free throw line. So those are the types of plays where like, okay, I'm used to trying to force feed book the ball in that situation. No, I've got the confidence. I can just drive around and get to the rack, get fouled. So that's really promising to see plays like that where he's taking what he's learned as having to be one of the main sources of offense and just running with it well and he had that beautiful play too where he faked the handoff mm-hmm. and yeah. then i mean ironically we're in the middle of super bowl week out here i'm talking <laughs> about an nba guy mm-hmm. faking a handoff but it was great uh, he faked it his defender hesitated for a split second he drove and he got the beautiful dunk and as long as i see that mikhail continue we're in good hands now somebody in the chat said did a night prove that uh internal development quote unquote was the right thing well for okay. tonight sure yeah <laughs> uh, but i do like the way that they they wrote this question right it was from chris chris thank you can we officially say tonight that the internal development has been a success for tonight for tonight because yes. really it, he they continued on saying really feel like it's actually coming finally kind of like don't look now here it is right under our chin yeah kind of a thing 
I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and it and it just goes to show when you have all of your guys available, guess what? They bring out the best in each other. Like DA has obviously been building towards a great game like this for a while. He's strung together four straight really good games, three of which came without Booker. But when you have shot makers and playmakers all around you like Paul, Book, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, that opens up the floor for them huge in the middle um, and D.A. and Chris Paul have been on the same wavelength as far as the pick and roll for the last couple of games now. It's really been great to see how they're working in that environment. D.A. getting the free throw line eight times tonight, being super efficient. I think in his last two games, he's missed six shots combined out of 33. Like He's just been exactly what the Suns need from him on both ends of the floor. And that comes with simplifying his role by having all of these guys around him. It's been really great to see. He had that awesome offensive rebound where he took a dribble, got fouled, put it up for the mm-hmm. and one, flexed and yelled afterwards. Like that's that's exactly what we need to see from him. It he was great. Also had two really important free throws yes. at the end of this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Important for Just of you. course putting the game away entirely, <laughs> but also for my uh same game parlay that I made on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let, let's just and, say uh, I was writhing on the floor <laughs> in agony. Literally. literally not kidding. Literally. And for that, not just that, but a good chunk of that, we're going to go ahead and name DeAndre in our Draft King, King of the Game. Congratulations, DA. 35 points, 15 rebounds, 14 of 18 from the field. This is DA's second straight 30-plus point game in a row. He tied his career high tonight and a little nugget from Kellen Olsen per stat head DeAndre and becomes the fourth player in NBA history to have back-to-back games of at least 30 points and 15 rebounds on 75% shooting or better. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of what DA has done in these last two games, specifically overall, of course, but these last two games have been so enjoyable to watch from DA. Can we put the picture back up real quick? DA's wearing his headphones. Wrong answers only. What's he listening to? I'm going to say, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. (laughs) I was going to say Lana Del Rey. I don't know why. but I mean, that's a good one. You can't, I'm not good on the spot like this as well. That's what he was listening to. I'm not good on the spot. I was going to say Umbrella by Rihanna. There you go. Oh, I like that one. He's listening to Lindsay's Greatest Hits is the Sun Sideline Report. Oh, no. Bless his heart. (laughs) Poor thing. I guess whatever gets him angry enough. (laughs) That's why he was flexing. He's like, I can't take it anymore. He's like, no more. (laughs) But yeah, again, outstanding performance from DA over these last two games. It's been really fun to watch. Um, and Gerald, to your point, it's it's so nice to finally have a healthy squad mm-hmm. or at least a healthy starting five. Right. So that we can see exactly what this group of starters really can do together as we start making, you know, the run towards the end of the season, hopefully ramping up, leading into a very long and successful playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, if. If this can be sustainable, not 35-15, but mm-hmm. what we've been seeing over the last week or so, the Suns are in a very good position. The problem is, and I hate to be this guy, is we see these glimpses and then it retreats. Mm-hmm. I need DA locked in like this for the rest of the year and into the playoffs because mm-hmm. that's the only way this team, unless they make some major unforeseen move in the next day and a half, uh, that's the only way that they're going to be a true 
a contender in this league is this this DA. When he's like this, they're they're unbeatable almost. You know, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say that we will see more consistency for the remainder of the season, both from Mikel and DA, mm-hmm. like as a whole. Because I I know we talked about it when Mikel started having really big games, it was the same thing. I want to see this more consistently. Mm-hmm. Mikel has now strung together quite a few games of this type of performance consistently. Mm-hmm. DA now, like you said, two games for sure um, of like 30 plus points and 15 plus rebounds and things of that nature. A few more additional than that. Uh, and book coming back. I I just, I'm going to go out on a limb, I'm gonna, a limb and I'm going to say this is what we're going to see for the most part from here on out. Maybe not every night, like you said, mm-hmm. 35 and 15. But closer to that. But I tend to agree with you from the simple fact of you look at the starting five. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to slack off on on defense? You're not slacking off Devin Booker. Mm-mm. McHale's proven you can't do it with him now. You're not going to do it with Cam Johnson because he'll make you pay. DA's proving that he'll make you pay. <laughs> Somehow Chris Paul, the point god, is the weakest link in that. And I don't feel that uh, that worried about if you're giving Chris Paul wide open looks that he's going to miss more often than he's going to make. Mm-hmm. So this starting five is problematic for that reason. You can't slack off of anybody, which makes it easier on everybody to get their buckets. Yeah, and Chris Paul for the last couple of games has not shot well. He shot three of ten tonight, but he did have 12 assists again like the other night when he had, what was it, 14 or 15, something like that. He had five steals. Like He's able to pick and choose his spots very effectively, and he's able to get everybody involved. And if defenses do make the mistake of sticking their worst perimeter defender on him because they're honing in on Book or McHale or Cam Johnson, like he's going to pick them apart off the dribble and in the pick and roll um, because that's what he and DA have been doing the last two games. So this is a legitimate pick-your-poison type starting five on the offensive end. Um, the question is whether they will have enough depth and enough defense, which they've been getting back to their roots on that end mm-hmm. over the last month or so, to win a title. I... I Again, I still think this team needs some upgrades at the trade deadline in terms of consolidating that eight- or nine-man playoff rotation. 100%. But in terms of the starting five, I cannot fault this team if they don't make a move moving one of those guys unless it is for, like, an absolute superstar that it's, you know, unquestionable. Like, this is a good team. I feel like you and I are probably in the same camp, and I think you are too, Lindsay. You can tell me I'm wrong. I'm used, we'll to, I'm used to you telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> but... uh it really is about using those expirings and maybe a pick or or two if the right opportunity comes up to get guys on that bench that can solidify that uh, and and help you if you do have another injury potentially for a short bit of time. They need a little bit more scoring, which we've talked about on that bench. Uh, you know, and if you solidify that that defense a little bit more there too, all of a sudden, where's the hole? Where's the crack? Mm-hmm. You don't have. A lot of that, right? And and that's what this team is looking for. I know everybody wants the big, sw- sexy swing, right? Mm-hmm. But do you really need that? I don't know that you need the huge swing. I like the Jared Vanderbilts of the world, the Jordan Clarksons, the D'Angelo Russells potentially off the bench, those kind of names to help you be in championship contention. And we will definitely dive more into that a little bit later on the show, share all the latest news and reports around the Suns. Um, But first, one last time, congratulations to DA for being our DraftKings king of the game. If you guys have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, 
Right now is a great time to do so, but make sure you sign up with promo code PHNX because when you use that code, new customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and again, only with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio, see show notes for details. I mentioned that DA helped me uh, at the end of the game with those <laughs> two free throws. Mm. Thank goodness for <laughs> DA because my pick of the night on the DraftKings Sportsbook app in our uh, little competition here at PHNX included the Suns winning by three and a half points as well as two Devin Booker threes. And I, it literally came down to the wire. Mm -hmm. But thank God for DA who made that bet come true. Uh, Espo, you also had a good night on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You put multiple bets down. The one you chose for our uh, competition here was the first field goal was a three-point bucket, and D Book got you that. Oh, yes, he did. He did. He made me 55 bucks on the, on the app and in our competition <laughs> tonight. So uh, I didn't see the first field goal. I, I got pulled into a meeting <laughs> at the beginning of the game, so I didn't even get to enjoy that. I just dealt with the agony of watching uh, Lindsey win, but it was fun. You know what we can both celebrate, though, is that Saul didn't hit his bet tonight because <laughs> it was a plus 7,000 uh, same-game parlay that, thank God, he did not hit because he would have been above both of us mm. by yeah. leaps and bounds. So what does get, the leaderboard look like Didn't now? get the points or the steals. So now Saul is oh, at 55, Saul. plus 55. <laughs> Espo, you are ahead of Saul now at a plus 64. And I'm still at the top at a plus $163.04. I'm only $99 behind you. You're it's under 100 close. now. It's, so. it's getting close. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Uh, but shout out once again to DA. You're my favorite person ever right now. Uh, and I think we should celebrate with some Four Peaks beer. We've got a pack of Suns Brew here on our table. These cans they're, they're are beautiful. so they're dope, you guys. They like, look like the jersey. Mm, it's amazing. Honestly, you guys are thinking I'm going to, you're probably going to make fun of me for saying this, mm. but that's the type of can that I feel like I would put a plant in. Like I, I would use a can opener and cut off the whole top and put mm -hmm. a plant in it. Lindsay, I think it'd be really cute. If you want to put art. one in for me, I will put it in my office. That's how much <laughs> I love it. It's one of those cans that like you would want to repurpose I, into something else because they are really that cool looking. Mm -hmm. I, I love them. They actually sell shirts at the A Street Pub that look exactly like this, which I picked up one. Uh, and they are spectacular. I love I'd love the taste of it too. I wasn't, yeah. you know, sometimes you see the cool can, you're like, that's amazing. And then you, you try a beverage in it and you're like, ah, the can looks better. Yeah. The taste just as good as the can. And that's literally the most important part. Uh, Four Peaks has fantastic beer, um, including Arizona's number one wheat beer, the Wow Wheat. If you guys haven't had a chance to try it, you can head on down to Old Town Boondocks for the tailgate time machine this Saturday, February 11th. Try Four Peaks' newest innovation. It's packed full of Arizona citrus flavor. It's perfect for light drinking in the desert sun. Of course, you do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But uh, if you are interested in checking out that tailgate time machine on Saturday, February 11th. Just head to fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week entertainment. Uh, mm. Lots of fun happening with our friends over at Four Peaks this week. So if you guys haven't checked them out or grabbed a case 
for the big game. Just a reminder, now is a good time to do that. As but we do have a super chat from Psycho Blue, and since Saul is on Super Bowl mm. duties, I think you should do us the honor. Bebal Cthulhu says, who dare spread false rumors about Ishbia the prophet, the company he keeps? A pox upon the heretics. Why? I don't know why it says like Yoda. Why is it Nookie Monster it's again? Yoda. It's Yoda. That's not Yoda. Yoda. I feel like a lot of your voices. They all come back to Cookie Monster. Nookie that was Yoda. Yoda. Yoda I, I heard Cookie Yoda. Monster sound an awful lot alike. Go back and listen to the tape in general, Gerald. <laughs> I mean, it's the your, same your voice. favorite Star Wars person. Yeah. It's the same voice that you're doing. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Okay, um, oh, what should I read it as, Gerald? <laughs> oh, oh, he's mad Gerald. that I made fun Gee of his golly, one Willick. voice. His one voice. He's mad that I made fun of Poor it. Gerald. I am. <laughs> Uh, we are going to get to all of the rumors really soon, I promise. But before we do that, let's just wrap up this game and we'll um, show some more, talk about some more things from this game by looking inside the box. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Oh, let's see what's in that box. <laughs> Maybe. We're going to get there eventually. I can tell you it's a 116 to 112 win. Is it? Yes. I thought there was only a three-point win. I'd like the... Uh, Four. <laughs> Thank you very 116, much. 116-112 victory for your Phoenix Suns on a beautiful day in the Valley of the Sun. We may be the epicenter of football, but we're a basketball town, goddammit. And the Phoenix Suns made that very clear. Uh, 48 rebounds to 36 for the Nets. They dominated the boards. Suns had 26 points off of Nets turnovers, uh, and the Nets had 14 points off of Suns turnovers. But the real difference in this game, and a lot of this comes from DeAndre Ayton, 64 points in the paint, paint for the Suns, to 52 points mm -hmm. for the Nets. And that's how you get a 116-112 victory. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> yep, that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like free throws would have been another good one if not for the fact that the Suns like kept them in it at the end with those turnovers and missed free throws of their own. I feel like Cam Thomas was at like 34 with about two minutes left and then finished with nine more points in that span because they kept putting him on the line. He had 20 free throws by himself. Well, we got to hats off to Cam Thomas. Right? Oh, yeah, he's I been mean, killing it. Uh, he he just needed the opportunity, apparently. Yeah. Third so. straight game with 40 points or more. Mm -hmm. For youngest player to ever do that in NBA history. So hats off to him. Uh, very impressive for him. Luckily for the Suns, Tory Craig didn't throw this game away. He tried. Enough Twice. for Cam Thomas uh, <laughs> to get the win for the Nets, but sometimes you just have to don, uh, you know, tip the cap to to the competitor tonight, and uh, Cam Thomas had a nice game. Yeah, he, he was on one for sure, and he has been on a little bit of a tear uh, since getting more, more playing time with the Nets, and good for him. Like, you know, an up-and-coming kind of younger guy who not a lot of people really would have honed in on prior mm -hmm. to these last handful of games. I'm really happy for him. Like, I know he's not a Suns player, but you 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 can't help but root for stories like this where somebody gets an opportunity that they didn't expect to get and fully takes advantage of it. Much like Gerald and I yesterday when we had to host the show by ourselves and came up big, <laughs> Cam Thomas did the same. No, look, you just love guys named Cam. I mean, that's this what it comes fast. down to, right? Most, uh, <laughs> most, most Cams that I know are pretty solid dudes. Uh, most of them. Lindsay, did you know it was a 116-112 Suns victory? I did. All right, just wanted Four to Four points. Hit the over <laughs> on my three-and-a-half same-game parlay. 
alternatives. I'm, I'm going to have to have them review every three-point bucket tonight and make sure that they were all <laughs> oh, kosher. Really? So yes. Oh, I, I bet Devin Booker's first three of the game was actually a foot on the line. Oh, too. Should... does that mean no, we both <laughs> I give it up. Never mind. Oh. I keep my money. Gerald, that was a good assist. I try. Bastard. <laughs> I give you compliments for yesterday's show, and you shank me. And that's how he repays I you. see how it is, I'm just a fair, objective bystander. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about all of the craziness that happened during the game on social media around the Suns team that thankfully had nothing to do with any of our players, but unfortunately it did have to do with our new owner. Mm-hmm. So... During the game, Crispy Haynes gave a report and then he tweeted out right after that report that Phoenix Suns new owner Matt Ishbia intends to bring on Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas to have a prominent role in the front office. For a variety of reasons, this did not hit well with Suns fans and Suns Twitter made sure that That was known by continually tweeting out. They tweeted at Matt Ishbia, tagged him in a whole bunch of things. Um, And then not 30 some odd minutes later, we got conflicting local reports. Uh, The first one came from Dwayne Rankin, who said a spokesperson for new Suns team owner Matt Ishbia told the Republic Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas will not won't have a position in the team's front office and isn't part of the team transition. Ishbia and Thomas are friends. This was also shared from Kellen Olson as well. Uh, how do you guys kind of feel about the way that this all went down tonight? Look, Isaiah Thomas is a problematic figure, uh, especially coming off of what happened in the previous regime and everything that this organization dealt with. Isaiah Thomas, when he was part of the New York Knicks, was accused of sexual harassment pretty much found guilty of sexual harassment. They wound up uh, settling out of court, but it was basically, you know, as much as he doesn't admit guilt, it it was pretty obvious what was going on there, which becomes a big issue, obviously. Bringing somebody in like that would have been a a move that was questioned uh, in perpetuity Mm -hmm. coming off of what this organization's been through. I understand that Ishbia idolized uh, Isaiah Thomas growing up uh, in Michigan. Uh, and and look, sometimes we all can turn a blind eye to certain things at times when it's somebody that you've idolized. Uh, I, I understand that there there's complexity here, but the right thing was done in, in Matt Ishbia saying, no, this guy isn't going to be part of the organization, whether he wasn't ever going to be or the decision was made tonight it's the right one and and the thing that the previous uh owner the disgraced former owner would do was dig his heels in when these kind of things happened i'm okay with the fact that if this was a you know a changing of mind it's the right one so look i'll be completely honest this report mid-game kind of took the wind out of all of our sails a little bit Mm -hmm. because uh we We had literally just got off a pregame show talking about how a cloud was lifted right we we couldn't focus on the game and we were trying to figure out what was what um i will be relieved if this is the case i I trust Dwayne and kellen's reporting on this um i want to hear matt's thoughts on this tomorrow and get his um 
get his response to this question because I'm a little concerned because, and I think rightfully so, there was a reason that Suns fans reacted the way that they did to this report coming out. We just got out of this type of situation with Sarver, and now the first move as the new owner is going to be bringing in Isaiah Thomas. Like, I, it's just a bad look. Even if you only focus on the basketball side of things, that was one of the worst tenures in Nick's franchise history under his watch. And then you throw the sexual harassment stuff on top of it. Like, it's just terrible. So I am curious whether this was just bad reporting initially that he was going to be into the fold. But we had been hearing this before Chris Haynes's report tonight and whether this was a reactionary, okay, we floated this idea. Nobody took to it. We're definitely pulling that off the table. This is not happening now. This is this is a good example of how negative backlash can potentially enact change for the better. Um, but it shouldn't have to come to that. So I am curious to hear what Matt Ishbia has to say about this when we ask him tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, and, and people in the chat are saying, well, Civil case, you know, if you settle, they don't adjudicate guilt. I get it. But if you're willing to pay $11.5 million mm. and she was asking for $11.6 million, let's be honest what that what that looks like and what it says, all right? I'm, let's not mince words on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I get it. Let, I want to hear from Matt, too. I mean, I, I understand. Like, we all have a soft spot for Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley is a flawed, problematic individual as well uh, there's a lot of not not to that level but i understand somewhat of uh, of the thinking but i'm glad that there was a backtracking now i don't know it could be false reporting but i'm going to tend to lean towards there were a lot of rumblings about isaiah thomas being involved in one way or another so yeah. uh, we got a super chat from ryan ryan thank you for your super chat said proud of how we all came together on twitter to show matt this was not a good idea. Honestly, like, I am very proud of everyone who went to Twitter and even tagged Matt Ishbia on Twitter to voice their opinions. I mean, really, at the end of the day, when you put it into perspective, like, we literally just last night finally officially got to move forward from almost two decades of ridiculous BS that was happening within an organization and a team that we all love dearly, we were ready for a new chapter. Mm -hmm. And then your day one at the helm, you're talking about bringing in somebody who, regardless of how you feel, like Espo was saying, let's not mince words, but who was involved in the same type of behavior. Yeah. or uh, That's not good. Even if you want to say just deaf. simply accused of it, I mean, however you want to frame it, it's not it's a good there. look. It's and not it's a good not look. It's not great for yeah. the people inside that organization that you said in a press release that you wanted to create a better environment for. Yeah, it's it's tone deaf at, at best, honestly. Yeah. So anyway, um, thankfully and hopefully <laughs> that is what we'll find out tomorrow, that he is not going to be a part of the Suns front office. Whatever way Matt Ishbia chooses to lean is his prerogative, but I'm glad that Suns Twitter and Suns fans out there all uh, shared their opinions on it, mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll get more clarification tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but news like this stresses me out. It gives me anxiety, and I hate talking about it. Yep. Uh, so if you need a good night's sleep tonight, 
I would recommend some OGs. They have really great products. They're scratch-made THC gummies. They have a sleepy time gummy, which is fantastic. It helps with falling and staying asleep, which is one of the best things that we could all utilize, especially after the trade deadline has come and gone. I'm sure we will all need a very good night's rest. Um, They also have a brand new uh, strawberries and cream flavor for their Happy Balance gummy that is coming out soon. And this one is a one-to-one ratio of CBD and THC. And you can find them at your local dispensary or you can check out ogsbrands.com. But you must be 21 years or older and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. There's a big game happening here in Phoenix in just a few days. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll be able to find last minute tickets to the Super Bowl on the Game Time app. Why not try? It's worth <laughs> looking, that's for sure, cuz you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute on the Game Time app, but I guarantee you you can find Suns tickets when they do get back into town on the Game Time app. And again, when you buy them last minute up to 60% off, they also have a feature where you can select a uh, full transparency pricing, which means you'll know exactly how much your tickets are going to cost. Uh, with all the fees, all the taxes and everything included. So it's not a surprise after you pick them out and then go to your cart. Very transparent about it, which is what I love the most about the Game Time uh, app. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So if you are looking for tickets to an upcoming sporting event or a concert, make sure you check out the Game Time app and use the link that is in the description of this show, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on whatever podcast platform uh, you listen to your podcast on. Did you know the most expensive resale ticket for the Super Bowl right now is going for $44,000? Wow. It's going for more than I made in my first season working for the Suns. I believe oh, wow. That's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian said Super Bowl been sold out since January. Yeah, but I think this you can resale secondary. stuff. Yeah, you can get them for $3,861 um, on the Game Time app, which Ooh. sounds like a lot, but compared to Super Bowl tickets, it's not. It well, is the last quite the time discount. I saw the cheapest was going was for 4400 so There you go. I mean, that's why you have to wait until the last second. They keep going down. Exactly. Well, there you go. You can find Super Bowl tickets on the Game Time app, so check them out by using the link in our description. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit more, Matt Ishbia, and the trade deadline. You guys had brought it up earlier on in the show. As we mentioned, it is officially official, Matt Ishbia is the owner of the Phoenix Suns. There will be a press conference tomorrow that we will all be at, and we will bring you all of the information from that press conference um, at 3 p.m. tomorrow for our live show. But uh, let's talk about some trade shenanigans going on around. So first and foremost, we got this tweet from Woj. Adrian Wojnarowski in uh, response to Kevin Durant and the ongoing discussion Uh, around whether he will or will not become available and things of that nature. Woj tweeted, Phoenix's new majority owner, Matt Ishbia, is fully engaged, overseeing the organization, and has been aggressive in pursuing ways to make a major and immediate impact. Kevin Durant has had past interest in Suns, but so far Nets are telling teams they have no intention of moving him. Is this going to be another summer Long love affair with Kevin Durant. Summer loving had me a blast. Oh, God. No. No, it better not be. I can't take any more of this crap. Enough. Either they're not going to deal him before Thursday. I think this is becoming very clear. And if you hold off and wait 
until this summer to make any significant move, you've shot yourself in the foot. There's an opportunity in front of you, a path to potentially win a title, and you don't forego that simply because you think you might get a chance at at Kevin Durant. It's the same reason why three weeks ago you didn't tank to try to get Wembenyama because <laughs> it's nice to think that you have a shot at a lottery ticket, but I'd much rather go with something that is more rooted in reality at this moment by trying to improve the bench like we talked about and going for this and leaving yourself flexibility in the offseason. Yeah, today was the most I've, I can remember recalling a major, like the major newsbreaker in the NBA tweeting about how a player is not going to be traded like multiple times. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of strange. I, I understand the Suns' impulse because they are as well suited to trade for Kevin Durant as anyone in the NBA, I feel, with all their draft picks, with their young players that they have. But you don't want to get caught in this situation where you go all in on Kevin Durant, put all your eggs in that basket, and wind up with nothing at the trade deadline in a year where the West is wide open. Mm -hmm. And if you can just stay healthy, you have the starting five to compete for a title. You need to make some moves to add to your eight-man playoff rotation. But like you're there. You're on the cusp. You can make moves that maybe don't put you out of the running for KD if we revisit this in the offseason, I just have a hard time seeing this whole situation playing itself out. And unless Kevin Durant goes to the Nets and threatens to sit out, which is what we talked about last summer, until he gets to that point and forces his way out, the Nets have no inclination to trade him or take whatever the Suns are offering. So I just don't see that situation devolving that quickly. I think the Nets are still trying to make trades to bring in guys that can help Kevin Durant and then they'll revisit it in the summer if he still wants out. Like, I, I just don't see that situation. Obviously, I would love to sit here and say, yeah, Kevin Durant's coming to Phoenix. But you can still make moves that improve your roster for this season. And if you get contracts that go beyond this season, you have more flexibility to trade for him in the summer because a lot of the contracts they have right now, they've only got like five or six guys under contract. So you're having to give up basically Mikhail, Cam, DA, and you're having to figure out a Cam Johnson sign and trade in it's that event. It's complicated. Well, and the other, the thing that worried me the most is Brian Winterworth on NBA Today mm. said that the rest of the league basically is has put the brakes on everything yep. and is in a holding pattern. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but that works until tomorrow at about noon. If Kevin Durant hasn't gone nuclear and demanded a trade by that point, and you aren't the favorite at that point, Look at other options. You have a chance to win a title this year. You've got to chase that and figure out how to do it. I don't want to sit here and chase pipe dreams, like mm -hmm. I was saying. And to me, I'm starting to wonder, is Kevin Durant that guy for the long term? You're basically going to be putting yourself, uh, all your eggs, in a 34-year-old's basket who's been injured significant time. Now, I understand he's one of the greatest to do it ever, but I start to wonder, do you mortgage all that for this for for one shot, two shots with that guy when I think you've got a better shot if you just solidify this bench and put yourself in that position? I The more this goes on, the less I am interested in the idea of Kevin Durant. I'm not going to say that I'm not interested in the idea of Kevin Durant. I'm not interested in having another rest of this season not having made any substantial moves at the trade deadline and all of next offseason sitting and having 
deja vu from last year Mm -hmm. all over again. Like, I'm not interested in that. And can I also just say, like, I'm so annoyed at the Nets and their front office. (laughs) Like, really? How many times are we going to go around this circle? And we also had talked about, I know you guys talked about it. Yesterday on the show, we did a little bit on the pregame show about, like, who leaked what as far as what was offered for Kyrie in that whole trade scenario. And somebody in the chat had mentioned, well, remember over the summer when it got leaked that uh, the Celtics were offering, who, who Jaylen, was it, Jason? Jason Brown. T- no, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, in a Kevin Durant trade. And it's like, the Nets are just being real shady. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's speculation on who else could have leaked it and all that kind of stuff, but... Now that I think about it, the more I think about it, all signs point back to the Nets. And they're just like, they're so dysfunctional and chaotic that they would want everyone else to match their own energy. Right. And I'm over it. Like if you if you look at that offer being leaked, okay, either A, they're leaking it and it wasn't the offer to make the Suns look bad and to put them in hot water with their franchise point guard. Or B, it was an idea that was tossed around and they leaked it and they still <laughs> told the Suns like, yeah, we'll take Chris Paul, but also three first round picks. And then they turn around to the Mavs and we'll be like, we'll take that guy, that guy and like one first rounder. Like they're operating in bad faith on multiple levels with this franchise. Mm-hmm. I think they're still upset about the fact that Kevin Durant wants to be here and wanted to be here over the summer and tried to force his way out. I I, I don't know what the disconnect is there, but they really don't like the Suns. And if they're trying to get three first rounders for Kyrie Like, what are they going to want for Kevin Durant? Also, if they're out, these are also rumors, right? If they're really so petty as to turn down a team that a player has a preferred uh, desire to be at Mm -hmm. in Kyrie, obviously the rumors are that they purposely did not agree to make a deal with the Lakers just out of spite. Mm -hmm. I don't want any business with that front office. And they're going to try and pull some shady shenanigans, pull the rug out from underneath you if you get so far down the line as far as a deal. And I don't know. It just all feels real sketch, and I don't like it. Look, I think Taylor Swift described the Nets the best (laughs) when she said, it's me, hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, That's Sean Marks and and Joe Psy is, I I think they're the problem at this point. And. I'm sorry, but if it's somebody in the chat, and I don't remember who said the Suns aren't title contenders this year. I don't know how you can look at the NBA, look at what this team has done with and without book now, and say that they don't have a legitimate shot if they solidify the bench. I think this is a title contending team if you if you get those pieces right now. If they do absolutely nothing, no, it, I don't. I don't think they are a title favorite. They're a team that if they got hot at the right time might be able to do it. Yeah. I, I want them to solidify that and put themselves square in the title contender category, title favorite category. That's where I want them to be. And I get it. You get Kevin Durant, that's the flashy move, and people will say title contender, but you've also eroded a lot of your foundation at that point to get him. And are you willing to give up McHale? Are you willing to give up three picks? Are you willing to possibly give up Cam Johnson and McHale? I don't know that that helps me get that much closer to a title with the injury questions with KD too. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Kevin Durant has mostly been healthy for the playoffs. Obviously, there was that one year with the Warriors where his absence helped Toronto basically win a title that year um, and kind of swung the title race. But um, I think if you can trade for Kevin Durant, you do. But I think we need to be realistic about 
um, time lost in trying to get there because there's not a lot of time between now and the trade deadlines. Less than 48 hours, like, we're in a time crunch here, and I think the Suns, especially welcoming a new owner in, having that press conference, there's a lot that's happening between now and Thursday. Um, you need to be focused on deals that can tangibly make your team better and capitalize on this year's title window. I don't think Kevin Durant fits that slim window there. Uh, so Doug said it's a business, Lindsay, in the chat, and you are absolutely correct, Doug, but I just think there are better ways to go about said business than what the Nets are currently doing. Um, even Bryn in the chat asked, like, what free agent would sign with the Nets now? Yeah. You're you're going to end up finding a harder path forward working with other teams because teams are going to be hesitant to have conversations with you because of what you might leak from conversations that are supposed to be at least from a handshake level behind the scenes as to not cause drama within their own organizations. And then players are going to look at this and depending on what Kevin Durant does this time around, may be like, you know what? The Nets don't seem like a very player-friendly organization. I'm not going to go there as a free agent. I mean, Chris Chris Cummings in the chat sent us a super chat and also brought up another person that we might <laughs> not be trading with anytime soon. Yeah. Said, we also won't be trading with the Cavs anytime soon. Like, we I just don't need drama. to burn any bridges. And I feel like the Nets have burned a lot of bridges already. Look, I think I think there's some truth to the idea of are you a player-friendly organization, yada, yada. They were too player-friendly. Well, I know. I agree to that wholeheartedly. I think they went a full 180, though, and that's the problem. Well, they one went of from those too players, much to not enough. Yeah, when you one of those players balance, is like a headache. OGs. Yeah, like when one of those players is a headache, like Kyrie Irving, I understand flipping that way. Um, I don't think this is squarely on the nets, but I think recently with these trades where they've been backed into a hole, they have been spiteful towards Kyrie and not sending him to the Lakers. They probably will be spiteful if Kevin Durant wants to leave and go to the Suns because they signed these guys together with James Harden and made the trade for James Harden to try and build something. And now these guys are kind of like, eh, I don't really, it was just a perfect storm of bad personalities and the Nets front office has handled it poorly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first player that gets a max offer from them in free agency in the future will be like, okay. Yeah. Like, all right, it's in the past, you know, but right now, yeah, they're drama. I mean, that's a hundred percent. What they are is complete and utter drama right now. And that's why I also don't trust them in, in any way that I think that they're going to have legit, you know, uh, dialogue with you about KD before the trade deadline this year. Mm. I mean, you could think you have a deal done and they pull the rug out from under you last minute and then you're left holding the bag. This team needs to make moves. We've talked about the, the cap ramifications, the on-the-court ramifications. This team may, needs to make moves. They can't have the James Jones special where it's, oh, we got this really fringe guy that you may recognize his name but has no real impact in the end. They need to make moves this year. And I think James Jones, at least part of his job may, may depend on it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, last two more things. Uh, first though, we got this tweet from Tim Reynolds, a writer for the associated press. And he said story soon, but first son's owner, Matt Ishbia on the trade deadline. Ishbia said, quote, I think we're in a great position right now. Will I be involved? Yes. Are we highly active? Yes. But at the same time, I think we have a championship contending team without doing anything over the next two days. 
So 36-ish some odd hours until the trade deadline. How active do you guys want the Suns to be? Like what would be the bare minimum that wouldn't be a letdown for you guys? Uh, that wouldn't be a letdown because yes. the bare minimum is just trading Jay Crowder for something. But one That's that a wouldn't be a letdown. <laughs> wouldn't be a letdown. I mean, we, we've talked about so many trades now, my head's spinning, but something involving the Utah guys like bringing in Jared Vanderbilt would love that kind of move. He's on a very cheap contract next season for like four and a half mil or something like that. Um, just anything to bring in some help at that four spot or a backup ball handler. A lot of people in the chat are pretty disappointed with Saban Lee. He's had a rough couple of games the last few games as the kind of certified backup point guard. I won't deny you that. I think he's been good overall, but good is based on kind of expectations for him coming in and where that backup ball handler spot is right now. So Conley Jr. His contract's too much. <laughs> I like just he, love saying that. I know you do. I just <laughs> he makes like twenty two mil. I don't know how yeah. you're getting like you can trade, I guess, Dario and um and Jay Crowder, <laughs> but I don't know why the Jazz would go for it unless you're attaching a pick. And I would never attach a pick for Conley at this stage. Uh, look, look for me, I'm disappointed if they don't move Jay. Mm. They don't move Dario. They don't move. Uh, I'm forgetting one of the other expirings right now. But you got to move those expiring contracts. You got to look at that and go. How do we keep our cap flexibility? How do we ensure that that this is you know that this continues to move forward? That we don't find ourselves in cap hell because we were too stubborn to do something. Mm. Right. That's the bare minimum for me. If you don't do that, you failed. I mean, abjectly, you have failed your team, and not only for this year, but setting yourself up for the future. Do you guys anticipate anybody coming on the buyout market that you'd be interested in? I think the most common names that have been floated are like Eric Gordon, uh, Will Barton. And could be Kevin Love. They've benched him. Could be. Now. That, that'd be a pretty pricey buyout, I think. But, I, I mean, not really, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> if... If you're Eric getting Gordon, bought out sure. by somebody, that means you're not of the highest caliber to really help out somebody Or you else. want out. Like, the Rockets situation is bad. Like, Eric Gordon doesn't want to be wasting away on this Rockets Does team. Does Eric Gordon change your future? Is Eric uh, Gordon too late at this point? He doesn't change your future, but he hell, he's better than an injured campaign and Landry I mean, Shannon. That's fair. Like, that's if, fair. If it, it's a buyout. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, that's fine. I still want, I still want trades and, and buyout should yeah, be yeah, on top of that. Those should right. be additional things. If you can get Eric Gordon on top of whatever moves you make at the deadline, then yeah, that's a nice ad. That's a break glass in case of emergency. Uh, you get, you get another guy in there with with experience that can help you out. I'm fine with that. But if what we get is, well, we didn't see any moves we liked. But two weeks later, hey, Eric Gordon's a buyout signing. I'm I'm pissed. No, yeah. you need you definitely need to make a trade. A buyout would only be in addition to, not in place of. Like, yeah, yeah. I would like Aaron Gordon on on a buyout. That would be an ideal after you make another trade or two at the deadline. But we'll see. We're gonna hear a lot of things between now and the next. What is it? Thursday at one p.m. Yep, so. it's coming fast, and I'm very excited for. Uh, just all the chaos that will come around this trade deadline. Hopefully it doesn't all just kind of like get a wet blanket thrown on it because of this Kevin Durant shenanigans. Right. I hope 
everyone at least believes or has the conversation with the Nets and he is not getting moved before the end of the trade deadline. Yeah. But even then, now you could potentially be holding on to assets for the offseason too, which makes things a little bit unfortunate. Again, you, shame on you, Nets. You're ruining everything. Yeah. You're ruining all our fun. <laughs> you want to interesting this is this is more interesting. I don't know that it'll necessarily be Suns connected in the end, but uh the Nuggets were without uh without Jamal Murray tonight. Their uh, starting point guard for the night rolled his ankle, and mm-hmm. you never saw Bones Highland get a minute yeah. in tonight's game. That indicates to me he's he's done there. Oh like, yeah, and and so that's a piece that gets moved. I, again, I doubt he comes to the Suns, but there will be guys that could have an impact that get moved uh, before Thursday's deadline, and the Suns need to be in on some of those. I mean, is that simple? oh yeah for yeah. sure. All right, we have a few more things for you on the show, but first, a quick break to tell you about our friends over at Bad Birdie. They are one of Saul's favorite partners of ours. They did just drop six new polos, three new quarter zips, and two new hats. They have fantastic gear for golfing or casual wear, if that's the type of vibe that you're into from your clothing attire. It's a really fun brand. With great designs, all of the all of our friends here at PHNX who are into Bad Birdie have been rocking them lately and speak only very positive things about Bad Birdie. Not just because they are a partner, but because the clothing and the hats and the accessories that they have are, are genuinely top-notch quality. And right now, if you are in the market for some new quarter zips or polos or hats or whatever else you can find at Bad Birdie, we have a discount code that you can use. It is PHNX underscore sports 15 for 15% off your next order at badbirdiegolf.com. So make sure you check them out. I mean, the weather here in Phoenix is literally perfect right now. Mm -hmm. Golfing weather to a T. So check them out. Am I on deck here? You are on deck here, Espo. Well, let me on deck. Let me just say this: things are looking up for the Phoenix Suns right now, and if you want things to look up for you in the bedroom, <laughs> do I have an ad read for you? No, no. Are you ready, Gerald? No. Nope. You buckled up? Nope. All right. <laughs> well, the Suns got r- rid of one uh, limp dick today. Right? Mm-hmm. That one asshole isn't there anymore. But you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff when you use Roman. All right, Gerald, have you ever been to the doctor and, and it, just awkward? Yeah, yeah, not, not, I'm just so concerned right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm He's not, speaking in general. In general. Generality. Yes. In general. It's really uncomfortable sometimes. Yes, going I to have the been to the doctor. Yes. <laughs> it, can be, it can be very uncomfortable. And sometimes you have to discuss sensitive things, right, Gerald? Sure. All right, then. <laughs> uh, so uh, what Roman does for you is they take the awkwardness out of it, all right? They do. They they have a digital health clinic available in all 50 states with licensed physicians. This ain't some rando uh, on the internet just trying to diagnose you. This is an actual physician that, that's licensed. It's going to help you out here. No waiting rooms, no hassle. And Roman, this is what what is amazing, right? Roman sends everything to your door with three, free shipping. And discreet packaging. Mm. So if your package is discreet and you want it more uh, presentable, you can uh, go to Roman and get that taken care of. It's real easy. They got a questionnaire 
And they're not going to ask you any of these really bad puns, right? They're going to just actually ask you medical questions. They're not going to be incredibly professional about it. Not like me. <laughs> they're, they're not going to be like, hey, you know, is your mic droopy a little bit? No, they're not going to ask that kind of stuff. They're going to ask you real medical questions that will help diagnose what you need. And they're going to send it to you in discreet packaging. So... You know, your kid's not going to get it and go, hey, daddy, what's this? What does this word mean? No, that's not going to happen. It's discreet, okay? And that's what's so great about Roman. Mm -hmm. They take care of you. And Valentine's Day is coming around, right? It is. Mm -hmm. And being close and being intimate is important. And you don't want to disappoint the one you love, right? You wouldn't send her a wilted bouquet of roses, would you? So why would you have anything else wilted? Make sure to go to Roman and get everything you need at ro.co and make sure you do that. That's, again, get ready, Roman ready for better sex this Valentine's Day or whatever else you like to do. Go to ro.co slash phnx today to get 20% off your entire first order but you won't be 20% off, all right? Uh, order by February 8th for guaranteed shipping and time for Valentine's Day. That's ro.com slash P-H-N-X. That's right, Roman, one of our newest sponsors here. Uh, I'd like to salute you. Take that how you will. <laughs> I, love, I love that the comments in the chat are uh, all over the place right now. You guys are fantastic. <laughs> Um, if you're not in the chat, you should definitely be in the chat. Uh, <laughs> the, the comments make it 10 times better. Anyway, oh, moving on. Uh, last thing, this tweet came from Doc Lou Allen on Twitter. Uh, he's a podcaster and an NBA digital person. Uh, and he said the Dallas Mavericks are interested in acquiring Phoenix Sun center DeAndre and Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. have been in trade talks. Now, listen. Let's be clear. That's not the doc that is from Roman. This is some rando <laughs> on the internet, all right? Uh, we are not familiar with Doc's work, Doc Lou Allen's work. Um, not to say that he is not a reputable source. We're just unfamiliar with him. I'm going to say it. I don't think Doc's a reputable source, all right? <laughs> However, if he asked me to take a questionnaire, I'd probably say, no, I'm good. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> However, this just doesn't make sense uh, logically or logistically uh, between the Suns and the Mavs. And Espo, you did ask the Trade Reaper. I begged the Trade Reaper to do you his asked job. The here. Trade Reaper. I said, no! <laughs> End this, Cambo. Uh, and the Trade Reaper had an answer for us. And here's what he said. Oh, sorry, Sean. I kind of put you on the he said, spot there. Forget about it. <laughs> Getting ready for the big trade deadline. Looking at all these rumors that are coming out. Uh, so I know there's tons of them, isn't there? Tons. Uh, of Espo them. tweeting me about, can you shoot this one down? And newest uh -huh. one that's out there. <laughs> I saw that. He's begging you. He's begging you to shoot down the one that suggests yeah. DeAndre Ayton is going to the Dallas Mavericks for Christian Wood and somebody yeah. else. I can't remember. I just who. talked to. Uh, I just talked to somebody on DeAndre's side of it and said, listen. And guy said, listen, I know Dallas, uh, he said, Dallas does love Aiden, but Phoenix isn't trading DA. That's from the DA side. But I'm going to I'm going to continue to work on that one. I doubt it, um, but I'll 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 end up getting, you know, confirmation soon. You so. know what's Look, 
I asked Gambo to shoot that down like a balloon flying over the United States, all right? And he took his shot, and he connected. Thank you very much. (laughs) The Trade Reaper did his job. Although, could you imagine if we had a guy named Christian Wood on this team and I had to do a Roman read? Oh, dear God. You could say that that would go hard. (laughs) Talk about making a splash at the trade deadline. Hey, now. Um, Hey, now. Look, I, I mean... Look, nothing against Gambo, obviously, but like I could have told you this wasn't fucking. Oh yeah, happening. I know. Like nobody that was like, done for it show. Make, it doesn't make sense. Like the Mavs have nothing to offer now that they shipped off Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Dorian Finney-Smith and one of their only two first-round picks that they can trade. Like it makes sense the Mavs would have interest, but all that was said in addition to that was they've also talked about Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway. I think people were like trying to connect them and worried the Suns would do something like that. There's there's no way. It makes no sense. Look, look uh, I will say this. I'd love a million dollars. Right. That doesn't mean I'm acquiring million dollars. I'm, I'm interested in two million dollars. <laughs> like, God, um, well, why don't we combine it? We're interested in three million dollars. <laughs> How about that? I'm going to go ahead and say that I already feel like I'm reaching here, but I'm going to do it anyway. I did like that Gambo said he reached out to DA's people NDA's people said the Mavs love him, but Phoenix isn't trading him. I'm going to read into that mm. in a positive way that benefits me um, in that DA <laughs> is not being moved this trade deadline, which I would be bummed if he was personally. Mm. Um, and that we get DA for at least the remainder of this season. Gambo also went on to say uh, via Twitter that Dallas denied any anything going on there as well. And I, I know he's well tied in with Dallas. I'll say that for you. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was an interesting one that just kind of seemingly popped up out of left field uh, as far as what trades the Suns have been linked to. But I know it made a lot of people feel some type of way, and we all wanted to uh, talk about it. So just wanted to kind of give that space for everyone. Any final thoughts on the game or rumors that have surfaced as of late? We just witnessed our last Suns game before the trade deadline. We will see what this team looks like come Thursday. Um, and we'll hear from Matt Ishbia tomorrow. So changes are definitely on the way in the next couple of days. But uh, I feel encouraged about where this team is at and where it could potentially be 48 hours from now. So this is exciting stuff. We do have some questions to ask Matt tomorrow. But um, in the meantime, this is they're in a good spot, I think. Yeah, look, this is a good time for the for Suns fans. I know tonight was a little weird. Mm-hmm. That's bound to happen. I mean, uh, any time there's a transition, things can get awkward. We'll we'll hear about that tomorrow. But there's reason for massive optimism when it comes to this team and what the future will look like. You have an owner that is very clearly willing to spend money, wants to figure out how to do that, and wants to improve this team with the opportunity to do it. The, The NBA and Matt Ishbia rushed this in order to put him in a position to make a move at the deadline. It's very clear that that was done purposefully. So now let's see what they get done, and then let's look ahead to a playoff run. We, we had, we've had all sorts of emotions this year, but what we had always said was we don't care that much about the regular season. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We've, we've had you know all these games that we've, we've lived through that. 
Now it's time to care. We're in the stretch run here. We're middle of February, almost all-star break right around the corner, trade deadline 36 hours away. It's time to lock in. It's time to have some fun. It's time to make a run at the Larry O'Brien trophy, and we're going to see exactly what can happen. And guess what? We're going to have a special one-on-one with Matt Ishbia tomorrow. Our boy uh, Girth here is going to sit down with him and talk. I can't believe I didn't use that in the read today. Uh, Our boy (laughs) Girth here is going to sit down with Matt Ishbia tomorrow. We will have that for you during our 3 o'clock show. Uh, It should be a good one. Lots of questions to, to ask and hopefully a lot of honest answers coming our way. Yeah, so that's the plan as of right now is tomorrow we'll have a 3 p.m. show. But just going to put a disclaimer out there because um, we had Connors ask if we're doing a trade deadline special. Basically, we'll be on call for the next 36 hours Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part if a trade does go down and it's not like something that was a letdown, I suppose. Jay Crowder for two um, second round picks isn't getting an emergency pod yeah, because I'm going to be Crowder screaming too much. Jay for two second much. round picks is not getting an emergency <laughs> pod, but we will have an emergency pod if, and fingers crossed, when a solid trade comes for the Phoenix Suns. So the best thing you can do is be sure to check the Discord often if you are a diehard or follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at phnx underscore suns. We'll post everything and all the links there um, if we do have to have an emergency podcast. But as of right now, the plan is tomorrow at 3 p.m. and Thursday, 30 minutes before tip off for a pregame show. But it's subject to change. So Mm -hmm. just keep an eye out. Until we see you guys next time, thanks for hanging out with us. You can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Just remember, when you believe... Anything is possible, even if it takes 18 years to get it. Ahoy hoy.